0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mentors Connect podcast. Today, we are very fortunate to have someone who is very high in expertise in the superannuation industry. Michael Lovett, he is the head of superannuation at Vanguard Australia. And today, him and I are going to be discussing many topics, including the future of superannuation and the role of young people within it. So make sure to watch the whole episode through because at the end, we will also be getting a piece of advice from him for any young person aspiring to become a top executive at a huge company like Vanguard. So thank you all for tuning in. And now let's get on to meeting Michael today. Very excited to have on Michael Lovett, who is the head of superannuation at the major company, investing company, Vanguard. So I'm super excited to be able to talk to him, get to learn about his insights, and I think you all will be able to gain a lot of knowledge and just, you know, insight into some of the interesting field which is going on with superannuation. So thank you, Michael, so much for coming on.
1: No problem at all, Chloe. Thank you for inviting me. I'm ex- excited to spend some time with you.
0: Thank you. So, before we get into the questions, I was hoping if you could give us a bit of a background about, you know, what you studied and your journey now to this high level position at Vanguard.
1: No problem at all. So, if I if I actually go back to high school, the, the time you're in, I was I was mad on sports. I played every sport possible, and As a result, I didn't do as well as I could in year 12 and and went out and actually worked in the financial services industry for a few years. Uh, And that got me the real passion for financial services. I worked in the funds management industry and then I decided to go back to university and I started uh, a Bachelor of Commerce and major in economics and finance. Uh, And then after that, went in and worked at HSBC for many years uh, as an analyst to start with and then on the sales side, selling our investment products, and then moved to a Sydney firm uh, Challenger for, for many, many years and did a variety of roles there. Uh, and then ultimately end up at Vanguard about 10 years ago and uh, came in to run a, um, our local sales uh, business, selling our funds and ETFs, which is a common product used now. And then three years ago, they actually knocked on my door, uh, actually four years ago now, and said, do you want to move to the US? And I said, look, I need to come home and talk to my wife and two kids about this. But ultimately we decided yes, and so we moved to Philadelphia for three years and lived over there working for Vanguard and then have recently in the last couple of years come back to to set up a new superannuation fund we're not live in the market yet we will hopefully have have our product available to uh, around sort of Q3 this year.
0: No, that's awesome and I think that's a really good example of someone who, you know, didn't necessarily go straight into university, took a bit of a, you know, unique route but then has still gone up, worked up the ranks and done amazing things in their career. So that was really good insights. Thank you, Michael. And now I want to get on to our future section, which we do on every episode now. So our first question for Michael is, why has seemingly, I think at least, superannuation become a lot more talked about mainstream? You know, we've seen lots of ads on the TV and the radio. How come just all of a sudden in the past 12 months? Well,
1: it's really interesting that you've noticed that as a, as a Year 10 student. Uh, I think it's been going on for a few years, but there's, there's been a lot of regulation change. The government's put a lot of uh, pressure on the industry. They've got this reform called Your Future, Your Super, which has brought um, a lot of pressure on the superannuation funds to perform, uh, lower their costs, and ultimately it's driving consolidation. So uh, more but bigger funds in in the marketplace. And those funds are definitely advertising more. And so you're seeing it on the news, on the sporting, on the reality TV shows. Mm -hmm. The other thing is COVID. Um, The government actually changed superannuation to allow people to actually take out $10,000 Through COVID. And so that just gave people a focus on I I actually have money in superannuation. And some people took it out, others others didn't. But it really got more and more people focused on superannuation as a result of having this access to superannuation before you retire, which has really never been allowed in in the past.
0: Yeah, and pretty good to be able to get that 10 grand because, as you said, yeah, otherwise you can't access it until you're like 65. So it's good to get it Mm -hmm. then. But so now continuing on, you kind of touched on it a bit, you know, COVID, how it's affected people's knowledge of super, but I want to go deeper into that. So how has COVID more so shaped the future of superannuation and how people view it?
1: So a few things. I mentioned before that it got people more engaged. So there's a whole range of people who realised, okay, I can gain access to it. Some did, some didn't. Uh, What people haven't sort of realized is superannuation is actually your second biggest financial decision in your life. The first is generally you buying your house. Most Australians want to buy a house. The second one is superannuation. Most people haven't been engaged in superannuation as much as they have. I think the COVID early release got people more focused on it. The other thing I would say is um, people had a lot of time in COVID Mm -hmm. and so they were investigating things. So that got, I don't know if you've read about um, the whole um, Robin Hood phenomenon in the US. Um, Reddit, uh, everyone's reading Reddit about stock tips and the (laughs) game. Yeah, all all that. So it got people more engaged. It's not only in the US, but in Australia as well in finances. And I think that's flowed on to superannuation as a result of that. Uh, Younger people have been more engaged, which is a really good thing. It's it's dangerous if, if people become too engaged and, and and make a lot of decisions in terms of investments, uh, but happy to talk about that later on. I think the, really the combination of those two factors drove a lot more uh, sort of engagement in superannuation.
0: Building off what you said there, would you say that like before COVID and now people getting more involved in their super, people weren't putting or as aware of this big financial decision in their life, didn't put as much um, time into it as it was worth considering it's their second biggest financial decision?
1: Yeah look not everyone but a, a larger percentage are. The other thing is but there's been a lot of regulation change and so people are hearing about that more. The, the big funds are spending a lot of money on advertising trying to engage with their members, creating really good uh, websites, mobile apps. So all of those things combined I think has got uh, people more engaged in, the, in in their superannuation, which is actually a good outcome.
0: Okay, awesome. So now continuing on, so we've already discussed a bit of like the change in regulation. So to give people a bit more insight, this has allowed customers to more easily choose which super fund they go through. As you said, your super, your future, kind of explains that. So how do you think this is gonna, you know, affect how? I know you said it's probably going to be released in Q3, Vanguard's superannuation product. How is this going to change the way Vanguard goes about reaching clients? Like, is Vanguard going to focus on, you know, directly engaging with customers like these other big super or more so institutions?
1: Look, um, it's, it's not going to change what we're doing much, to be honest with you. This regulation had been in train for, for a long time. And people have been given choice to actually choose their own superannuation instead of actually staying in their own employer superannuation for a long time. The other thing the government has done is they've, they've introduced a thing called stapling, which is um, you're stapled to your first superannuation fund rather than every time you go to a different employer, mm-hmm. you get a different fund. So um, there are things like that, which are positive for the environment. In terms of Vanguard and how we're going to, uh, approach the market. We're going to go direct to to the consumer uh, and and try and win retail investors. We've got a re- a really strong brand with the people who know Vanguard. Um, and those people are ready to invest in our superannuation product. What we need to do is build our brand with those people that don't know us in the, in that retail direct market. So you might have noticed last year we did some retail advertising on the on the TV, on the radio digitally as well we'll do more of that this year Uh, we're also going to go and try and um, win clients via third-party financial advisors we've got really strong relationships with financial advisors and we we actually think that advice makes sense for many people and so those advisors through time will will recommend our product as well and and lastly we will go via employers there is still a a, a very strong uh, corporate or employer market so if you work for an employer they'll they'll encourage their, their people to go in certain uh, superannuation funds. So we're going to go through it via those three mechanisms to, to get to the market.
0: I know I'm definitely going to sign up because I've got my first part-time <laughs> job and now I'm eligible for super, which is funny, but yeah, no, awesome. So continuing on now, this is my final question before we move towards the end of the episode. What role do you think young people will have to play in super in terms of competition and how, it affects the way super funds go about clients and also just business in general.
1: I think young people are going to have a big impact. Um, you think like yourself, you're engaged at year 10. Uh, there's a whole lot of people who are more engaged in whole range of different things, in, including superannuation. And so uh, things like the superannuation funds are going to have to think more digitally. And and so uh, the younger generation think like TikTok. They think like Netflix. We're going to have to give them ex- an experience which is similar to that, but in financial services because they don't compare us to financial mm. services. They compare us to the, the digital um, companies that they know really well. So that's one thing, the experience, we're going to have to invest a, a lot into. Uh, the the second thing I'd say is preferences. So younger people are more likely Uh, to think through sort of the environment, Mm. the the social, the governance, we call it ESG. And so how do you want your investments? Do you want to be investing in carbon stocks? Do you want to be investing in these stocks? Uh, So I think there is an opportunity for the younger generation to influence the way funds are actually set up uh, through time because of preferences. And so it's up to us as as funds to to talk to not only younger people, but all all the members about, uh, the options they've got uh, in, in terms of investing and how that's going to change in time. But I think the younger generation are, are very much more active in, in that regard.
0: Thank you for that. So now we'll move on to our final question. And I was hoping you could give a piece of advice to a, the young listeners listening on who perhaps want to become you know, a top executive at a big company like Vanguard. What advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah, look, it's a great question. Um, If I think about me, the the advice I got earlier in my career was the the harder I worked, the luckier I got. And it actually worked out. Some people say, oh, you're lucky you got this job, you got that job, you got this job. But no, the harder I work, and I don't mean hard in terms of hours, just in terms of making sure that I'm delivering what I said I'd deliver to, to my boss or the bosses around, Um, and and just making sure you're you're actually delivering on the outcomes that you you set and for me it's about outcomes not about number of hours worked and I think you can actually achieve a lot of outcomes without being the person who works in the office the the most but if you if you work hard and deliver you you will be lucky like luck happens Uh for those that make it happen and and so I've been uh, on the right side of that because I've I have worked hard, I've achieved things, and I would say to to you and my daughter who's a similar age, work hard and things will happen. Get into your first company, and it doesn't doesn't really matter what company it is, Um, get into that first company. If it's financial services or, or if it's another industry, and then just learn through the first three years, work hard, and then opportunities will just present themselves.
0: Well, that's a great way, I think, to wrap up this podcast episode. Thank you so much, Michael, for talking to us today, sharing your amazing insights and that really good piece of advice. And to our listeners, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to share this with all your friends and hopefully you'll be listening to the next podcast episode. Thank you, Michael, again.
1: Thanks, Kai. really appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. And thank you, everyone. Bye.